1: I am the host of the Truth The Heels podcast, and I am sitting here with our special guest, Lois Hollis. Welcome to the show, Lois. Oh, thank you so much. And thank
0: you for the title of your podcast, because I'm giving you truth and we are not stupid. We are not dumb. We were not given the truth about shame, guilt, and that's what I'm about today. So we are a good match.
1: Perfect. So I see, Lois, that you are a shame guilt educator. You're also uh, into writing, filmmaking. Sounds like you're very busy.
0: Yes, I am, and that's why I sometimes I just sit down and I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: we all we and, all need time to you know to yeah. also to recuperate, relax. So, yeah.
0: but shame guilt is such a misunderstanding that it deserves. A full study, you know, a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists and, um, you know, counselors, they all talk about shame, guilt, but they don't take it apart and find out what it is, because if you don't know what it is, you can't get rid of it.
1: So that's what I did. I made it a special study. So before you made it a special study, what was it that di- directed your attention to focus on this? Was there an event or was it just through your personal studies that you saw the the need to direct your attention on this?
0: Good question. I was dying. You were dying? I was dying at 55, now 54, 50, and three doctors said I only had about a year to live, and they and as a nurse, I understood that because my heart wasn't working, my kidneys and liver were very dysfunctional and I had migraines for thirty years. So, um, but I didn't feel dying, if that makes any sense. They they were talking, but it wasn't like making sense because I just felt I didn't find the right person. So. Mm-hmm. so Eventually, I did find someone three thousand miles away, so I moved and they helped me to um repair all the I had a very very um abusive childhood, you know, being thrown down the steps and um hit on my head um My neck was broken uh my chest was crushed, in. so there are many, many obstacles in my Childhood, So, you know how it is, if you don't correct all the obstacles of your childhood, you just carry them forward and they just get a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to me. But luckily, I found uh, a healer, chiropractor healer um, to rearrange my head and um, my body and get my heart working again. So I was very blessed with that. However, I needed to do the emotional work. You know how that goes? Yes. So and you know, all the memories start flooding back to me. And this is very surprising to me because with all my problems, I was extremely successful as a nurse. I started the first kidney hemodialysis unit in 1966 at the University of Pennsylvania. I started home hemodialysis. I lectured widely about the hepatitis relationship with dialysis. So, and I wrote profusely about it all. So how that happened is a mystery to me when I realized I had so many problems. So, but it showed me that we can do anything, you know, but we do have limits And that's what I was interested in. What was limiting me to get well? Mm -hmm. You know, because I talked to therapists. I wanted to commit suicide a few times. And, you know, I did the whole gamut. And I talked to people. and I felt a little better, Ryan. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't healed. And they said, oh, read this book, read this Mm -hmm. book. And it's like, you're not getting to it. Because I'm like the person, like, if you want to fix something, you got to find the root cause. Yes. Don't bother me with all this other extraneous stuff. I want the reason why this happened, and then I can fix it. And nobody was giving me the reason. So um, somebody said to me, Lois, what do you do about shame and guilt? And I went, oh, what an odd word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I went to the library. In 1990, they didn't have computers. Well, not for general use anyway. And the only thing I could find with Stratchell's book, that it's a sickness of the soul. And since I had a near-death experience, I have this ability to enter into different dimensions that they're not written. So I just come up with new information. That's just who I am. And that's how I started the kidney unit, because I just had information. And so all of a sudden, I was starting to learn about shame and guilt. And once I realized that shame guilt was the cornerstone of all my negative feelings, anxiety and anger and suicidal and not good enough, I was so happy because I didn't have to go to therapy for a couple of years for depression. I didn't have to go to therapy for anxiety. I didn't have to go to therapy for suicide. I didn't have to go to therapy for not feeling good enough. I'd be dead before because yeah, i had them all <laughs> and if you look at it you probably do too you know a little bit of this and a little bit of that and um that is not the focus the focus is the shame guilt that's creating the emotions and that's what i saw in my head and i came to learn that it's all energy based you know how love is what do you feel ryan when you feel love
1: warmth uh, goodness Um,
0: and I can do anything and my mother loves me and I love them
1: and confidence
0: confidence and um, you know I'm good now love energy commands what 20 or 30 feelings Mm -hmm. it comes from love and on the other side we have the negative side which is shame guilt energy 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 and shame, guilt commands all the negative emotions. It's really that simple. We have positive and we have negative. Mm. So what I'm doing is gathering all the negativity and saying that it's sourced from the shame, guilt we picked up as a kid from our teacher, from our mother, from our brother, from her sister, from the the church and The government and, you know, we can cope and, you know, we can keep guilt because they all done it to us. Mm -hmm. But they don't know either. That's just called culture. Yes. It's a shame, guilt culture. So what else do you think they're going to (laughs) do? So shame, guilt, energy comes to you in the form of words like, Ryan, you're stupid. Why would you do a dumb thing like that? You get that energy from that. Now, when someone say, Ryan, I love your podcast. Thank you for bringing it forward. It changed my life. Ah, it's different. different. Do you see the difference of the energy? Now, according to you, you can either get anxious, depressed, or angry. It doesn't matter. Because they're all symptoms of the shame, guilt, energy, and how you interpretate it. So, we need the love energy. We do not need the shame energy. Shame guilt has no positive function, no matter what therapists say. It's only out to destroy you, to make you stupid. That's the only function it has. So that's what I'm bringing forward today, is that you do not need shame guilt. And I call it shame guilt because it's like a quarter or a nickel. One side is heads and one side's tails. But it's still a nickel, right? Yes. And that's what shame-guilt is. Shame is here and guilt is here. Shame's in the unconscious and guilt's in the conscious. But it's still shame-guilt. Now, this is major. Because a lot of people say, oh, I have some guilt, but I don't have any shame. Well, it's like you're not getting it but nobody told you it that's what i wanted to say it's not your fault nobody's saying shame guilt however i did get it in chapter you know now they're talking about some people bring the two together which kind of makes it more holistic approach to healing and i went yes (laughs) so i'm foraging new territory here and you're not going to see many books except my books and my films. And hopefully in 10 years, people will understand. But you're lucky because you're getting it now. Thank you. Okay, so shame guilt is one composite thing. I call it shameful guilt now. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Shameful guilt. So I'm toying with different words. So now. How do we get the shame guilt energy? We get it from people, like I just said, like your mother and your father. You know, you should, you don't have a new car, but you have a crazy red car. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And why, why do you support that politician? He doesn't you know what is wrong. It doesn't matter. People bring that to you. So the first thing you say is no. But now you have to know that it's shame your energy You're saying no to. Before you didn't know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want people to take home today. Is when people criticize you wrongly. Now sometimes criticizing is good. You know people are helping you do something. But when it's vindictive, It's angry. It's vicious. You go no. Mm-hmm. I don't accept it. Okay that's. You can take that home today and say no. I don't accept that. You didn't give me a good present for Christmas. I don't accept that. Okay, so you have the power to say no. Shame, guilt, only has one defect. It dissolves in detection. How about that? Wow. Wow. So that's why education is so important. That's why I call myself an educator because once you know the story, you got it right, Ryan? Yes, you got it. I mean once smart, you can't be
1: dumb but but shame guilt is very uh it's very cunning. it gets in there sometimes because
0: it's smart, yeah. But you're smarter because now you understand it. What does, um, Sansun say? The art of war, know thy enemy. Yeah. So I wrote a book. (laughs) It has all the, all the, um, effects and all the tricks that shame guilt uses. It's a tricky thing. It's very, very tricky, but you're smarter because now you know it doesn't belong to you.
1: So when we get smarter than our shame guilt, and we no, no, I never say our oh you then own it the the shame guilt awesome when, yes when you get smarter smarter than the shame guilt and you detect it what do you do with it it just allows you just,
0: to... you say no and it has to go away because the jig is up do you ever see a magician doing a a, a big uh, trick. Then all of a sudden you go, I don't really know how he did that. So you study it and go, oh, that's how he did it. Then you see magician doing the trick and you go, "Ah, that's a trick. The jig is up. That's what you say. The jig is up. You can't bother me anymore. He has to go here. The energy has to go to another place. Now, shame, guilt energy needs your light, needs your energy to live. It can't, because it lives in the darkness, it has no energy of itself. It has to steal yours to survive. So once you say no, you cut off its food source. It ain't coming back.
1: It it sounds a a bit like a relationship. I mean, there are some relationships where there are people who want to I guess, steal the sunshine. They want to steal the light and keep exactly. the other person down. But this is a, it's like a personal battle. And of course, I think the listeners and, you know, including myself, we want to win this little, uh, a big, big Yeah, fight. We, we, we want it, to win it this it fight. Yeah.
0: encompasses all of your life, all of your relationships, all of the decisions you make. I mean, it's a big son of a gun, Yeah, but you have to get smart. And you get smart by understanding what it is, how it operates, and it doesn't belong to you. And it needs you. You do not need it. And people want to write that down. That's a good idea. Shame, guilt needs you. You do not need it for anything, no matter what priest talks to you.
1: So once you start this this healing process of detection, what do you do from there to to start that healing journey? Well, then you find um, I did interpersonal work,
0: like the part of me was anxiety, and I would talk to my parts. And people do that now. You know, I talk to the anxiety I talk to. So I got tired of talking to therapists. Mm-hmm. So I talked to myself instead. So I, hi, anxiety. How are you? And I, my film, Out of Discord into Harmony, is on my website. And I teach you how to talk to the parts of you. And they're the ones that carry the shame guilt from childhood.
1: So right now you're, you're talking about, you know, talking to self. And I think that's very healthy. Um, There's something that I I saw from, I believe it was your website. And that was the inner critic and just the word critic for some people might be kind of um, uh, like, like a turnoff. But as I really digested the material that you had there, I can see that yes, Critic can be criticism can be seen as bad, but like you've mentioned earlier, there can be a positive side of criticism. So with this inner critic uh, can you share with us a little bit about the importance of cleaning it up sort well, of
0: we make friends with the inner critic. people say, oh, just tell it to shut up, go away mm-hmm. well you know it's like you're gonna cut your arm off or cut your head off. you can't do it, Ryan. You got to arm. You got, you know, if it's injured, you got to heal it, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just cut it off. That's the inner critic is part of you. And it's a good part of you because it helps you to be balanced. But guess who the teacher of the inner critic was? Your culture. It learned how to survive by putting you down, you stupid jerk, you can't do that. And what did your mother say? What did your friends say? What did your teacher say? What did the church say? So that inner critic learned that and it's just repeating it and repeating it because nobody told him no. Mm -hmm. And then Ryan comes along and said, hey, we gotta work this out because I can't go any further in my life. And you are stuck, too. And when we can become partners, we both evolve and become happier and can do more things. So that's how you talk to the inner critic. Of course, the inner critic is like, oh, you stupid jerk. You know, what do you know? That's what the usual you know, comment is. But you say, thank you so much for talking with me. And again, my films show how to talk with the inner critic. Eventually, my inner critic is called King, of course, right? So, um, I said, King, would you like more power? And he goes, oh, yeah, I want more power. You can have more power if you let me do more things, because I'm now you know, 50 years old or 60 years old. And I've learned a lot. And I learned about shame guilt and how to stop it. So you don't have to babysit me every minute of the day. You can go off and do something else. You can have a vacation. And I can get smarter and I can evolve. But we are in touch with each other. I value you and you value me. But we have different jobs. So King decided not to be the critic. He decided on being the roamer. He roams around the world, finding the wonderful podcast hosts like Ryan. He changed his job. But his job was being a critic. And he did it extremely well. Because my parents taught him.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's important that, you know, you're focusing on healing that that relationship with the inner critic. Exactly. It's, 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 it's no, I don't want to say normal, but I think it is uh, habitual for people to immediately either shut off the inner critic or when it has a shame, guilt voice, to listen overwhelmingly to that shame, guilt voice.
0: Well, you can listen, but say, I don't accept
1: it. Uh, And
0: and the first thing, okay, now people say, well, how do you find the inner critics? Okay. And I said, well, you know, you're, I'm cooking, I'm, I'm doing more things with cooking. So I want to, I'm going to use this recipe and, you know, you'll get the idea. Well, Lois, you know, you never made a decent pie. So how do you think you're going to make this one good? Or, you know, we all have those things. And then what you say, Brian, who's talking? Who's talking? Mm-hmm. That's how you start. Now, sometimes the inner critic will say, oh, shut up. You don't know anything or something. But you say, oh, thank you for talking to me. That's the main thing. You know, like you said, a relationship, you got to get that person to talk. It doesn't matter what they're saying, but they're talking. Okay. And so eventually you get into, you know, conversations with the inner critic. And the best thing to do is to write it out. Later on, you get more. Um, ability to speak with each other and uh, help people with that. And again, my films show how to do that. Um, It's very, very amazing how quickly they turn around because they see the benefits of not being tied to me and worrying about every minute of the day. They get freed up and you get freed up. And so people that said, Shut up, inner critic. They're just digging their hole deeper. Because the inner critic needs to change his job. But you can't tell him to change his job. (laughs) He has to see the value of it. He has more power
1: if he doesn't power you. So when the inner critic's job hasn't been, let's say, guided, and you just let him roam freely. How what is what does the person experience? Mostly negativity? Um no, well I'm now that he changed his job. Or I mean before before he changes his job.
0: I'm stuck. You're stuck. I'm stuck with anxiety and depression and they the therapist says, oh try this, try I'm going, it's shame guilt. And I have to get rid of the shame guilt. The and the shame the cleric produces the shame guilt. Okay? So you're having someone throw mud in your house. (laughs) And you keep cleaning it up. And you clean it up. And then you wake up the next morning and there's mud in your house. you got to clean it up and throw it away. Don't you get tired of that? Wouldn't it be a lot smarter to go to your neighbor and say, stop this? Yes. Okay, so that's the inner critic. The inner critic keeps doing this thing and you keep on cleaning it up and cleaning it up and I'm a good person, get ready, you know, anxiety. And, and then you go, you're the producer of it. So let's talk because I don't like it. And you probably don't like it either. But nobody talked to me. That's what the inner critic said. Mm-hmm. No one ever talked to me. I thought I was doing a good job. It's that simple, Ryan.
1: So, so, once we start building that relationship, friendship even, could be. It, it is a friendship. It is a friendship. It
0: doesn't. The, the, the inner critic has to be praised for all these 20, 30, 40, 50 years has been at your side, keeping you safe. And he only learned that by criticizing you and keeping you stuck. You'll be safe. You know, that's what he went to that school. And you're saying that was fine when I was five and six and 10 years old and 12, but I'm 40 and 50 and I really know how to do this now. So what the inner critic does is gives you a week or two without him criticizing you and see how you do. And then it evolves. And then you both learn that you don't have to have shame guilt in your life. People say it to you and you go, no. So there's two things. You got to stop it coming in and make friends with the inner critic.
1: Then you're good to go. This this is very good character building as well. I mean, not just in the mind, but it, I, I feel that it unleashes... A a stronger Ryan or a stronger whoever. Of course, of course,
0: of course. You got, I don't know, 50, 60, 40% negativity hindering all your positive aspirations. And you can work all night long. You can work to four or five o'clock in the morning. It's not going to really show. But if you work with the inner critic and he works with you, boom, you get so much more with less effort. I mean, it's like, why wouldn't you not want to do this? That's what I say to people. Why would you not want to do this? There's uh, no downside. There's no downside.
1: And when you discovered, you know, the power of not, well, uh, first you really, you know, focus on the shame, guilt, but then once you started unraveling the complexity the, of it, the complexity, and then the healing of, you know, enlightening our uh, inner critic and guiding and working with it. Uh, have you seen, or, or what, what good have you seen happen in other people's lives? If you can share maybe their testimonials, uh, if you can, if you can do that. Oh, um,
0: The main thing is they're very successful at their jobs. They get a promotion. Um, They don't fight with their mother or their husband as much. They, you know, work things out. Um, They're just happier. They're healthier. They get younger. Because the shame guilt makes you contract. The love makes you expand. I looked horrible at fifty five. I'm eighty next week, and I look younger than I did when I was fifty five. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't expect you to say eighty. I'm uh, You look great. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. But um,
0: yeah, I, I was all crippled and you know sick and so forth and so on. So you know, we all can do this, but. You got to get rid of the source that's causing it. And you have to bring Shane Guild out into the sunshine. And then he leaves. Remember the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy? Mm-hmm. Okay, Dorothy goes up the Yellow Brick Road to find the Wizard and her critic so that she, they can help her go home. Because she can't do it herself, right? She has to get someone else to help her. So she finally gets up to the wizard. And she's ah, all tense. And what does her doggy do, Toto? He, goes he pulls around. the curtain. Mm-hmm. And what does she see? A little old man, smaller than her, bald and gray, with a big machine that's puffing green smoke. The jig is up.
1: Play it now with Game Pass. It's That's all it. It's all a trick.
0: It's all a trick.
1: That we've it's, learned from our upbringing, our culture, and it stays.
0: Of course it does. You know, you're one year old. You can't do that. You're too young. Oh, you can't go with Johnny because you're too young. You can't ride a bike. You know, oh, why did you make a mistake? I mean, it's It's endless. And then you learn to do that yourself. To yourself. But it can be unlearned. That's where I'm saying today. If you get rid of it. If you call shame guilt out and say. Hey you sucker. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Kicking
0: you out. And. They can't use you anymore. Therefore they leave. Because you're a pain in the neck.
1: (laughs) So once you identify shame guilt, and then you start building this friendship with um, the inner critic, and also the other parts inside of you, and all the other parts inside of us, yeah, uh, what can we do to avoid shame guilt from coming back? You say no. <laughs> That's it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm.
0: Someone says um, something really bad to you, and say. I used to use that with my kids. Can you say that another way? Say what? Sorry? Can you say that another way?
1: Say you what? Know,
0: just, I don't know. They gave you a shame com- comment and then you say, Can you say that another uh, way? Uh, <laughs> I don't take that. Just say no or walk away. It depends on your friendship. You know?
1: it, it, it can be a kind of, a, for some, Depending on the person's stage, to just say no, especially like to a person, can be very courageous. But when when they get to that stage, you really see that. uh, Because like, okay, I'll I'll use personal experience. Okay, where I live with uh, someone, it wasn't a family member, but always shaming, always guilting me. And then when I told this person, "Leave me alone! I'm not going to have it anymore," this person crumbled. Not, I mean, I mean, just when I said no more, that person left my life because because
0: you were her battery, she sucked you dry, Mm -hmm. and then when you said no, she had to go find another sucker. That's just the way it is. Then you go, I did good.
1: And I mean, I mean, good. <laughs> I mean it, it, it's not a hatred that I have, but sometimes no. there, there has to be a you boundary. Like, no,
0: right. no, yeah, it's a boundary, but it's um, people get so involved in boundaries they don't see the big picture. It's shame, guilt, mm-hmm. but shame, guilt. When you say no, you already made your boundary. You don't have to go making boundaries. That's what I'm saying. You only have to do one thing: understanding shame, guilt's trickery and get the it rid of it that's it mm-hmm. so spend your time doing that than trying to do boundaries because boundaries always cause problems when you hit the nail on the head and say i don't accept that type of language mm-hmm. you know whatever you want to say is okay sometimes i said that's really not an okay answer and go oh okay mm-hmm
1: I I feel that uh, a part of me have been giving permission for so many years to people to be able to speak to me in a very negative way, and I I gave it permission, and then when I stopped giving it permission, not only did I I lose those relationships which was good, but I also started seeing a change in me where I wanted to be more. I wanted to be more confident. And then that's why. Well, I, well you're just automatically more confident. Yeah. You can
0: say, be confident. Take this exercise. You know, spend $3,000 for my course and you'll become confident. <laughs> I'm going. And, and they always they come back to me and they said, I spent $3,000 on a course and for two years in therapy and I didn't come out any better. I said, you're right. You're not. Did the therapist talk about shame and guilt? They go, no, we don't talk about that. I go, well, then you'll never get well. And you'll become very poor.
1: No, but I really love, I love this, uh, this educational purpose that you have of teaching people the root, the really the source uh, of shame, guilt. And I want to hear more about, uh, you said you have like um, uh, films And uh, you also do a lot of writings. Can you tell us a bit about that work that you do? Sure. My message
0: is I'm teaching you, Ryan. And now you're teaching your inner critic. Okay. I can't do anything with your inner critic. You can. So I teach you to teach the inner critic. And I do that through my films and my podcasts and my writings. Now go to LoisHollis.com. L-O-I-S-H-O-L-L-I-S.com. In that website, I have three websites. It's called Truth is Simple and Making a Turn and several other things. But the main thing is look at my podcast. I don't know. I must have like almost 100 on there. So you can get it. And everyone... We always talk about shame, guilt, like Ryan and I do. But everybody has a different slant on it. But basically, it's shame, and guilt. And however you interpret it is your interpretation. It's neither, not right or wrong. The only thing is we have to make shame, guilt, the reason for negativity. And you can phrase it any way you want. And also, I give individual counseling. Which is not free. I charge a small um, amount for that. And, you know, people, after they do my podcast and everything, they have lots of questions and they're able to talk to their inner critic, but they're a little stuck. So I just help them along. And it goes very, very quickly. Because the jig is up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe that's the title of our film, of our podcast The Jig is Up. You know, once you know the trick, it's not a trick anymore.
1: Well, Lois, um, now, now, since we're towards the end of the, our, our interview, uh, do you have any words of hope for people who were uh, people who were in your condition when you said that you were in your 50s and that they told you that you were dying? Uh, what, what words of hope can you give to someone who may be in that condition and may feel afraid to face their inner critic?
0: Well, um, I didn't know about the inner critic at that time. I just knew that, well, my poor body, but my body has healing abilities, and I just don't believe what they're saying, but I better get somebody to help me to get well. See, I never believed it, and I didn't take a course to make my mind think that. That's just innate in me. You know, I just, I know I can heal. Only I didn't find the right person yet. So I finally did. And once I learned about the shame, guilt, then I start helping myself so that people hearing this, they can start talking to their inner critic. You know, if shit, if the words shame, guilt bother you, talk to your inner critic you know there's many ways of healing this you don't have to go in sequence you know because the inner critic and also the inner child has to speak you have to speak to it then the inner the inner child talks about being abused and that's where you see the shame and guilt and your heart goes out to help healing the child inside of you and that's when you say get out shame and guilt stop
1: hurting her you know, because so, we always help each help other people, not ourselves. I, I really like what you're saying right now. And I know I already said that we're like going towards the end. But um, so w- when once you start detecting this whole shame, guilt, and let's say you're 50, 60 years old, as you start detecting it, it's going to start going back in time until like all yeah. the way to childhood.
0: Yeah. And you go and then you can see it. You can feel it and you just go like this. You take it and you throw it away. You can do that. You don't have to be a a tarot uh, monk (laughs) or you know what I mean. You don't have to be meditating forever. They have a little edge because they can see things. I can see things. That's why I became a filmmaker because I'm talking. People say, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're saying. So I made a film of what I see inside of me. And that helps to bring yourself out when you see me, okay? And, and so it's, it's there and you just go away. Shame, guilt dissolves in detection. That's it, the jig is up.
1: Well, thank you so much, Lois. I really enjoyed this conversation and the education of shame guilt and how to unleash a better self not one that is ashamed and feeling anxiety but one that is ready confident. to heal and be confident and to do their best in life live life to the fullest I love that
0: yeah also you can think of shame guilt as a black blanket covering you you just take it off because you have the light inside it didn't take your light away,
1: it's just covering you.
0: You know, the jig is up. You know, you're not that powerful.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lois. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. And to the listeners, thank you for listening to the Truth Against Podcast. I've been your host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez, and I've been here with uh, our special guest, Lois Hollis. Uh, To all our listeners, thank you very much for listening and don't forget to subscribe and go check out the LoisHollis.com website. Have a good day.